0: Welcome to the Living in the Yum podcast. I'm your host, Emma Garrison, founder of The Body Solution, entrepreneur, mindset coach, NLP master practitioner, and lover of lifelong learning. Each week, the Living in the Yum series brings innovative, thought-provoking, and actionable content to help you to gain clarity, alignment, and connection with your soul and body. It's time to take action to take an authentic stand for yourself and unapologetically live more into the yum every single day. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the Living in the Yum podcast. It's Emma Garrison here, your host. I am so excited for this episode, you guys. This is so much fun for me. A couple of days ago, I posted on my Instagram stories asking you for questions that you have about the coaching industry or specific coaching questions that you would like some guidance on um, or questions about me, anything and everything that you could think of. And I got some amazing responses. So thank you, everyone, who submitted your questions. For those of you, Whose questions aren't in this episode. Um, If you guys like this, if we get a positive response, I'll continue to do this. Um, But this is going to be so good. I had such amazing questions. You guys really went there with like the juiciness level and the vulnerability. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And what I want to preface before we dive into the questions and then the coaching around them is that coaching goes so much deeper than what I'm able to do on this podcast. So for example, in a one-on-one setting, the specific questions that I would be asking would be geared towards your specific belief patterns and what shows up for you and what I hear in the dialogue. So It's a little bit trickier for me to have these one-off questions and then just respond because essentially what I'm doing is making up what I think I hear or what I think I believe the belief patterns and the systems around this um, question are. So I'm in some degree shooting in the dark with this because I'm not able to dive deeper. But that's also a really beautiful thing because uh, the generic portion of this can hopefully hit and connect with more people. And that's really what my mission is here is to get as many people as I can involved and engaged in the conversation so that we can really create big shift in this world. Because if we were all able to experience ourselves the way that other people experience ourselves, which in my perspective is really a big part of coaching is, is learning how to be in the world um, in an effective way that's super aligned with yourself, oh my God, this world would be such a better place. So part of my mission is continuing spreading that and keeping like the yum as deep and as broad and wide as we can go. And I thought this might be a yummy step. So, so excited to hear your guys' feedback on what you think, but let's dive right in. Okay, so our first question is, how to get comfortable being witnessed in my mess. It feels really hard and knowing who to reach out to and when is difficult. Um, This particular person was talking about how she has a hard time allowing the imperfection to come through and is curious on how to break down those walls and barriers. And this is a beautiful question. I can certainly relate to it. This is something that I've experienced for a long time and truthfully still move through um, the discomfort of, of getting vulnerable because I do have that perfectionist side in me as well. And I think the important thing to remember here is when you're able to be witnessed and seen and heard that's like our deepest desire as a human being is having that human connection. And yes, it feels so scary and uncomfortable. And that is where you'll start to experience some more yum. And there's a couple of things that I want to hit on here. One of the biggest things is around using your voice in a way to allow things to come out out of your body, especially for women. Uh, a lot of our conditioning and programming has taught us to sit quiet and be pretty. And that is really a disservice to ourselves because there comes a lot of freedom in releasing verbally speaking loudly, uh, With allowing the emotion to move through us. So, if you listen to my podcast with Amy Louise Cash, she touched on this a little bit of when she was able to speak out her trauma for the first time that she held so much shame and guilt about. She automatically had an experience where she released a lot of the weight that she was holding around the experience. So knowing that on a logical level is very different than feeling safe in doing it. So that would be my first recommendation is find people you feel safe with. And when you can find the people that you feel safe with, get really clear with them about what it is you need from them. So getting comfortable in reaching out to somebody that you love and then asking them specifically what you need. We jump so quickly into... Um, fix it mode or, oh my gosh, you're right. He's such a dick mode. And it's like, that's not always what's most supportive for the person who is expressing what they're experiencing. Uh, Sometimes it might be, I just need you to listen to me and nod and say, oh, I hear you. I can imagine that's hard and be there holding space. Sometimes it's not most effective to have somebody who says, well, you can do this and have this conversation and then you can have this conversation and then things will be better. Sometimes it's it's most effective to just be held and knowing when that's what you need and then being able to ask for it is a really, really powerful move. The other thing is taking a really deep look at that imperfection piece of it. So when did I not, at what point in my life did I not feel safe being imperfect? So this can come down to like really simple complex traumas around I was really validated and loved on as a kid when I did XYZ perfectly or correctly or I was a good girl. And that creates conditioning of I need to be perfect in order to receive love. So diving deeper into the imperfection piece, noticing where did this come from, maybe a generalization around what Age you experienced that new belief pattern of I need to be protect or I need to be perfect in order to experience love and acceptance, uh, or enoughness or deservingness or whatever story you're telling yourself. That is key. So once we can identify around that age. We can dive into some inner child work. So this is big. I, for a long time, did not buy into this. I felt like it was a little bit wooey and one of those things that just wasn't... It didn't land super deep with me. I kind of thought it was hokey. And what I'll tell you is this changed everything for me. My resistance around it was really about... Um, the fear of what will happen when I can really shift these things. So if you're feeling like, ugh, inner child work, here we go. Bear with me for just a second, because I promise you this will move the needle if you would allow it to. So here's what we want to do is let that inner child, I'm going to use she and her as my pronouns for this, um, just because this was a a woman who asked this question and um, for simplicity's sake. So What I would recommend is really tapping into that inner child. And what that can look like is closing your eyes, putting one hand on your heart. I like to put my left hand on my heart and my right hand on my lower belly. I sometimes drop my thumb into my belly button and just hold myself right there. Um, And this is a nice pose of sorts that helps me to feel really connected to myself and I can drop into alignment pretty quickly with this pattern. So what I would recommend is, um, get still, close your eyes, one hand on your heart, one hand on your lower belly, take three really deep belly breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. (sighs) Make a noise when you release through your mouth, especially if you're a woman. This feels so yummy. So take three of those deep breaths and get quiet. Let your mind chatter float away. If you have a to-do list, acknowledge it and just let it float away. Know that we can take care of that when we're done connecting. A lot of times, especially for my perfectionists out there, we will... Take the opportunity of, I don't have time to meditate or I don't have time to get quiet to build up our to-do list because that's a safe distraction and deflector. So if you're having that chatter go on in your head during this, I recommend you really, really go deep and bring it back. This will be very big for you. So we've taken our three deep breaths and what this can look like is ask, what part of me is scared? What part of me doesn't feel safe being witnessed and just listen. And if there's nothing, continue to listen, just wait and listen. And when you feel it, it might be like a feeling somewhere in your body. It might be in your throat. It might be in your belly. It might be in your left pinky toe. Just notice where you feel that fear show up. And then we're going to start a dialogue. This sounds funny, but bear with me. You're going to ask that part of your body if it's okay for us to team up. If it's okay for us to become partners, even just for this day, even just for this moment, even just for this meditation. And what we want to do is bring safety. So we are going to allow this part of our body, this inner child of us that is coming up that at one point didn't feel safe to be imperfect. And we're going to let that part of us know it's okay. And I've got you and having this dialogue back and forth, listen to what that part of your body is expressing to you that it's scared of and just hear and acknowledge that, right? That's all we need to do is to say, I hear you. It's okay. And I've got you. Because you see, we're stuck in these habitual patterns that we've created from lessons when before we were even able to choose what we wanted in this life which is crazy if you think about it. So what we want to do is go back to that moment in time because your nervous system is almost frozen in that space. Your nervous system is frozen at that age where you had that experience. So what we want to do is go back to that spot and tell that little girl or little boy, it's okay, I've got you and experience what comes up for you, like what type of emotions come or what do you um, experience in your body when you're having this dialogue. Another way to do this, if that doesn't feel super comfortable, is doing an empty chair process. So it could be putting out a um, seat next to you and imagine seeing your three-year-old self doing her best to put together a Play-Doh sculpture of a dog and realizing it doesn't look like a dog and having somebody judge her for that or laugh at her in the sandbox. Look at her. What does she need in that moment? What does she need to hear? Maybe pull out a picture of yourself at that very age. What is it that she needs to feel safe? The photos get me every time. Oh my gosh. When I look at little me, it's like my heart just opens up into 12 billion pieces and I just want to hug her. And what we forget is that inner child is still inside of us. And most of the time we are neglecting those fears or the things that we're running from. And that's a disservice to her. Like take a stand for her, take a stand for three-year-old you, four-year-old you, five-year-old you, 12-year-old you and help her allow her to feel safe and loved on because she is. Let her know that you've got her because she doesn't know that right now. If that fear is still coming up, she doesn't know. (sighs) So the other thing that I would share is being witnessed is a big component of healing. It's scary because that um, imperfectionism can be revealed. Like, I am not okay, or I don't have it all together or whatever story that you're creating in your head about being witnessed and the perfectionism coming in. And, and for me, for my experience, like I have always been the holder for other people and everybody else around me gets to feel held from me. And when I pulled back the layers on that, I realized, um, That is where I found my value. That is how I contributed to my community or to my friendships or to my family. And if I wasn't the holder, where would my value go? What would that mean about me? Would I still be wanted? Would I still be accepted if I was seen unraveling? Because it's my job to hold for other people. Do you see how that dialogue can happen so subconsciously? So what we really need to do here if we're ready to accept and lean into the being witnessed is allow for that space to happen. Lean into the fear of, oh, shit, what will this mean if I'm seen unraveling? Can they hold for me? Like, am I too much? That was a story I had on replay a lot for myself was like, am I too much? Can they actually handle what I have? And let me tell you, they can. Allow the space for them to show up for you. You have to be willing to give them the opportunity to see how holdable you are. So know that the people around you who love you They want to be that for you, but you have to allow them. If you're not willing to say, I need your love, or I need to be listened to, or I need some guidance, can you help me? You won't be able to experience that connection because your perfectionism will never allow it to come through. So the allowing of the process is really, really crucial, and being able to say consciously, I'm going to reach out for help. And maybe the first time, help is just a hug. Hey, I really need a hug right now. Or maybe it's, hey, I really need to speak out what's present for me right now. Can you just listen? I don't want to be fixed. I don't want solutions. I just want to be heard. Speak your needs. Speak what you crave and desire. And let people show up for you because they will. And here's the truth, connection, the deepest form of connection happens when you're seen in your deepest form of vulnerability, when you're willing to talk about the things that you hold the most guilt and shame about, when you're willing to express those things and get them out of your body, whether it's through dance or through chanting or through yoga or through screaming into a pillow and banging a pool noodle on the floor, Like, pick your poison, but set yourself free and allowing that to release. If you don't feel safe enough to be witnessed yet, that's okay. Find another way to feel what you're feeling and to allow what is allowing and to let it come through. So how other people see us and experiencing that goes really, really deep. So pay attention to what's coming up for you and how that comes into play in being witnessed and being seen one last thing that I'll offer here is really diving into the question of what am I making this mean about me? So that can show up in a couple of different ways. What am I making it mean about me that I'm a mess? Quotation marks. What am I making it mean about me if somebody witnesses that mess? What am I making it mean that the other person is making it mean about me? right? It's almost like this inception kind of mind fuck around what am I making that mean? What am I making that mean? What am I making that mean? But really this will help us in in NLP neuro-linguistic programming, we call this meta outcome. So if that means that, then this means that. Oftentimes it comes down to, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. So if Susie sees me in my mess and sees me in my um, imperfection, then Susie will know that I don't have it all together. Okay. If Susie knows you don't have it all together, what does that mean? It means that I am not doing a good job at life. Okay. And if you're not doing a good job at life, what are you making that mean? If I'm not doing a good job at life, that means that I'm not going to reach the goals that I want to accomplish. Okay. And if you don't reach the goals that you want to accomplish, what does that mean? Do you see how this process happens? And ultimately, at the top of every one of those or bottom, depending on which way you look at this, um, comes down to I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, or I'm not deserving. So just listen. Get curious. Act as your own witness. And then remind your inner child that he or she is safe. Is it true, capital T, true, that if you are witnessed and seen by somebody else in your mess that you're no longer lovable or that you're no longer accepted? Would you tell a friend that? Would you teach a child that? No. So remind yourself, remind that fearful inner child who's stuck in a spot where she learned or he learned that imperfection means that you are not safe, not good enough, not loved, not accepted, not received, not deserving, not worthy. Whatever story you're telling yourself, remind them that's not the truth. Ah, okay, I think that's about all the time we have for that. This one this one can go in so many different ways. So I hope some of these ideas were helpful in tangible next steps of how to shift away um, or even just move the needle a little bit on leaning away from the fear of being witnessed because that feels hard and scary. And I so resonate with that. My gosh, yeah. That's like, yeah, that, hit home. that hits home. Um... Okay. Awesome. I feel complete with that. And I hope that was helpful. Okay. So our next question, you guys, this one is juicy as can be. And I love, love, love the willingness to um, put yourself out there and ask this question. So thank you. Thank you. I won't use names, but you know who you are. And I love that you went there with this. Um, The question is... How do I get out of my head during sex due to body stuff slash pressure to orgasm? Okay, so first of all, I want to say I would be shocked if there are um, any women who cannot relate to this question. So I love, love, love that this question came up. Um, The very first thing that comes to mind for me in this is that the experience with your body during sex is a big fat magnifying glass for how you relate to your body in the rest of your life because it's the most confronting time, right? We're like in our most vulnerable state being, being naked with somebody that we love and that we care about or maybe not um, <laughs> to each their own. But either way, being naked feels very vulnerable and raw and you're very, very seen. So a lot of us use things like clothing or filters on photos or whatever to adjust the way we're being seen by the rest of the world. And that would be the first component is taking a look at seeing, okay, what is my relationship like with my body? Because if I feel like, oh, I'm fine with my body and the rest of my life and then during sex all of a t- sudden this self-consciousness comes up, that is an indication that the body acceptance could be tweaked and and looked at. So this is just a reminder that this work goes deep and it's okay to have it come up. We don't have to have judgments about our emotions. The other thing that I would suggest is really getting quiet before sex and taking some time by yourself. Maybe it's in the bathroom. Um... Doing some breathing and reminding your scared little girl self who was taught that your body had to look a certain way in order to be loved and accepted that that's not true. And reminding her that she's safe and that she's loved and that she's seen and that she's worthy of everything that she's about to experience and receive just as she is. There's nothing that needs to be changed or different about her or you to experience this yummy thing. So really tapping in and and having a little chat with the part of you that's feeling scared or overwhelmed or embarrassed or shameful or guilty or whatever's coming up for you about your physical vessel. Have a conversation with that part of you and really let it be known we're okay, we're safe. We're loved and accepted as is right here, right now. Um, so there's that component. The other piece is the receiving and worthiness, um, specifically when we're talking about an orgasm with another person, but also the worthiness piece of this body not being good enough. Like I would assume that might be some of the language that's playing in your head while you're um, worrying about, quote, body stuff while you're having sex. So um, also like a super (laughs) sort of surface level thing to say, most likely if you are getting it on, nobody is having a deep look at your body, right? It's like everybody's so caught up in the moment and you get to just drop that and free yourself from that experience. That's not to say you don't get to work on your body stuff as well and like really leaning into what it is and having full acceptance and how you be right now and starting to and the thing is it's such a process like you get to see the beauty in your body, yes, and It doesn't go from, oh my gosh, I have maybe shame and guilt around what my body looks like and moving to, oh, it's so beautiful. I love it so much. Like, that's not the process. It's it. We move through neutral first and it's a longer process than just um, following the right people on social media or doing morning affirmations in the mirror, which are all beautiful things and they don't move the needle per se. So like really leaning into that embodiment. Um, I reached out to my girl, Nora, who is a uh, relationships coach and had a beautiful conversation about this topic because she has a lot of experience here and she brought in some more tangible advice and words of wisdom around the orgasm piece and what that really looks like in relationship. Her first recommendation is to spend time orgasming by yourself and getting really comfortable with that experience in your body without the pressure of the body stuff coming up because you're by yourself. You get to release that. And this comes back to the receiving and the worthiness of like, oh, I get to experience this. And I think it can be such a, a mind trip um getting there even by yourself. And so you get to have that alone time and figuring out, okay, what works for me? And what mental state do I get to relax into in order to experience that And then step number two would be when you're ready, shift this into partnership where you can speak out your needs, what feels good, what doesn't, what will help you. And that's a practice of receiving is speaking what you need in all walks of life, not just sex. And Nora recommended as we move into this with partnership, um, that you find somebody you want to look for somebody or develop and create this in your current relationship, uh, the allowing of feeling deeply seen, safe, and sexy. And that means being able to like really express to them what you need, or maybe that you're feeling insecure about your body, like actually speaking that out loud to him and allowing him to experience and see what you're experiencing, um, him or her. So it's really about the depth of vulnerability you're willing to go with your partner and the way that he or she can hold for you in that space. Um, And this is a quote from Nora. She says, sex is a two way street. And even if you're the most confident person in the world, but the person you are having sex with is judgmental, not affirming or not present, you will get in your head and feel insecure. So don't blame yourself for everything. Sometimes it's about realizing maybe your partner isn't the right partner or being able to communicate with your partner about what makes you feel safe, seen, and sexy. So, like Nora said, this goes back to being able to express your needs to the other person and really dive into that rawness with them. And as we mentioned originally, our first step in this is taking a look at our own relationship With ourselves, with our bodies, how we're relating to um, what we're making it mean about ourselves. So really getting deep on that acceptance piece. And part of the acceptance is getting curious. And seeing what that means. And if that's something you're interested in, that is uh, part of the work that I do and can help dive in with you. Um, And then as we know, the next piece from there is, okay, can I reach this level of receiving and worthiness of having an orgasm by myself? and then from there shifting into okay do i how do i bring this into a partnership what does that look like what conversations do i get to have do i feel safe and seen and sexy with this other person so it's it's a mixture of things it's a beautiful process it's so relatable i mean i can imagine that every woman listening to this whether it's happening right now or happened in the beginning of their sex life, or even for I'll speak for myself, like I was having sex for years before I ever orgasmed. And I think a big part of that is all of the things that we just mentioned before. So thank you for bringing this into this space. What a beautiful question. And just amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Okay, so our next question. And last question is, How do you, Emma, live more into the yum in your own life? And I love this question. Um, I want to preface it by saying that everybody's yum gets to be different. So my experience of yum is likely different than other people's. And I think a lot of times in this industry, the personal development, self-love, self-improvement space, we tend to believe that like an expert has all the answers and if I just plug their answers into my life, then my life will be like their life and that's just not how it works from my experience. Um, so the more diverse perspectives that you get to listen to from a variety of coaches and teachers, the better because you get to pick and choose what works for you and what you can put in your pocket. Um And it's almost like a trial and error. So I want to preface with that, reminding you that take what you will, practice and try all of it. And if it works for you, amazing. And if not, you get to keep looking. Um, So with that being said, the way that I live into my yum is checking in with my soul and body and that sounds wooey this is something that i've really embraced in the last six months or so of taking time in the morning to do some breath work and literally calling my soul back down into my body my entire life i've had some disconnect around my body and soul like they're working on two different agendas um and that's shown up in many of ways, and that might be a podcast for another time, but literally calling my soul into my body so that we can make decisions as one unit and as one driving force forward. Like, we are one team. There's no need to be separate. So a lot of times that will look like... Um, the other day, I, I posted a video about this. I was on a on a walk with my dogs, and you know, there's some hills, and it's it's out in the mountains, and it's gorgeous. And then there are some bigger hills, and um, some would call them mountains. And I had an experience where my body and soul were saying, "Oh, let's go up that mountain," and my ego brain was saying, um, "F you, absolutely not. We're not doing that." And I ended up going, and it was great and amazing, and I'm so glad I went up there. But it's just like turning down the volume of your ego brain, your brain that's trying to protect you and trying to keep you safe, which is beautiful and great. And we get to acknowledge that. And then leaning more into what is it that I really want? Like for me, I feel it in the pit of my stomach um, and I can feel it really deeply and then it kind of moves up my chest. Um, So that's one thing is dropping my soul into my body and working as one team The other thing that comes up a lot for me is breathing, 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 breathing. When I feel triggered, when I'm overexcited, when I'm scared, sitting and centering. For me, I like to put one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly and taking deep, deep breaths. Um, The same kind that I did earlier in this podcast, just really dropping in. That helps me recenter throughout the day, especially when I'm feeling annoyed or triggered or like, I don't have control. Um, living in the yum for me also includes moving my body, which I used to really not buy into because moving my body before meant um, metrics and counting how far I went and counting how many calories I burned and oh my gosh that makes me such a great healthy person I'm gonna be losing weight I have tied so much meaning behind moving my body instead of just moving my body to have deeper connection with nature or my soul or my physical body and what I've learned is that it frees so much up for me and like I get so many amazing downloads and thoughts that come through while I'm moving that it. It's one of those things that when I feel funky, like yesterday I had a super funky day and I sat down and thought about it and I was like, what is going on? Like, what's up today? And I realized, oh my God, I haven't been moving my body recently. Um, And so this morning I got out and did that first thing and it was so yummy for me, like totally set up my experience for a different, a different day. And that's amazing. Um, Just like such a simple thing that we get to gift ourselves. I also love a good sound bath. I don't think it's like the answer, but it's so yummy for my soul. I feel connected and freed and so relaxed and it's just like "Mm, so good. Um, If you're just starting out on this personal development journey, I think one of the biggest pieces of living more into your yum comes from self-trust. And one of the easiest ways that I found to reestablish and rebuild my self-trust, because when we really look at it, most of the time, self-trust is something that we are struggling with. Um, And again, another podcast episode for that topic. But one way to re-engage your self-trust is committing to a morning and or evening routine so that can look like I'm looking at mine right now so for me in the morning I did a short meditation that looked like five minutes or less because it's attainable right we want to commit to things that we know we can accomplish that it's like oh my god that's a no-brainer yes I can absolutely do that every day so for me five minutes felt um, doable I also integrated some positive mantras and reminders, affirmations, declarations, whatever you want to call them, uh, in the morning while looking in the mirror and allowing myself to see me and really let it sink into my bones. I also included skincare routine. I have traditionally been freaking awful at taking care of my skin. That's been a thing my whole life. I don't know how I got so blessed with this skin. It's just like luck of the draw, I guess. Um, and then let's see what else is on their energy work. So I do a magnet energy setup where I I focus on allowing the things that don't serve me or the energy that doesn't belong to me going out to a magnet. The magnet drops those things into the ocean. It's more of a visualization. Um and again, these are these are specific to me. These are things that I've found that have worked really beautifully for me. Doesn't mean they're for everybody. Um and that's okay. And I want to share them so that again, you can Pick and choose, try things out and see what works for you. In the evening, my go-to is gratitude practice. So for a long, long time, I would write down three things every night that I was grateful for. It helped me stay more centered and in that yum. I also had that skincare and one more um, energy work session to clear the day. And This is like my all time favorite evening routine that I get to tap more into more often. And that is checking in with myself, with my soul and see what she needs. And that looks like hand on heart, hand on belly, deep breaths, maybe three of them. And then asking, what is it that you didn't get? Or what is it that you need more of? And just listening, listen, just be quiet and listen. And if it takes 20 minutes, it takes 20 minutes. Mine now with practice, I can usually get it in a matter of seconds. Um, sometimes that looks like moving. Sometimes it looks like laughter. Sometimes it looks like family connection. It's really just tuning in and getting quiet. So it's a it's a beautiful way to honor yourself and really pay attention and listen to what it is that you deeply need, as opposed to, oh, I need a day to just relax and watch TV. And maybe that's the thing too. But a lot of times that's not actually what your soul is craving. So. Getting quiet and honoring what you hear. (sighs) I think we are about at our time limit. I could talk about all of the different ways to live in the yum like endlessly. I love this topic. I love this question. So thank you for asking. Um, but for now, we'll call that a wrap and I am sending you all so much love. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your questions. Again, we'll likely do this in the future. So if you're listening and thinking, oh, I have some questions I want to ask, um, shoot me a DM. I've got a folder on my computer that has questions for next time so I can add them throughout the in-between periods and I will re-poll again once I'm ready for a new one. Um And until then, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode of Living in the Yum podcast, please, please, please take just a minute and show it some love by subscribing, rating, and leaving a comment. This helps us to continue spreading the yum and changing lives across the globe. Speaking of, I work with clients in one-on-one settings around the world, and I'm so, so excited to announce to you my new 90-day one-on-one container, The Body Solution. We go deep in blasting through limiting beliefs around body acceptance and all of the BS your ego has been feeding you. If you know that you are feeling called and ready to really uplevel your life, to shift your experience with your body and soul connection, drop me a DM at Emma M Garrison on Instagram. I do have limited spaces available so that I can maintain the depth with my clients But I would love to hear from you if this sparks interest. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to be here today with me. I so appreciate and value that. And I'm sending you so much love, so much light, and so much yum. I'll talk to you soon.